0: Welcome. At the beginning of Parshas Yisroel we read the story of Yisroy, the father of Moshe the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu, who had remained back in his homeland of Midian when Moshe had traveled to Mitzrayim to to help bring the Jews out. And Yisroel heard about the various miracles of Yitzius Mitzrayim, of the splitting of the Yamsuf, and so on. And <clears throat> He came to, to hear about it, and he apparently, as we'll see, he came to become a Jew, to, to convert to the, to the Amuna of Kla Yisrael. And we read that he, that he came, and he greeted Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe spoke to him, and Yisrael brought Korbanais, and there was a feast, so on and so forth. There was a discussion between Yisrael and Moshe Rabbeinu about how to operate the the court system, <clears throat> etc. And finally, we read in Perikh Yudches, Pasich of Zion, the end of this little story. Moshe eschosno. Moshe sent away his father in law. el Artso, And he went to his land. Yisray went back to Midian. What, what was his reason for going back to Midian? So Rashi says, He went to his land, to to convert the members of his family. So Rashi is telling us he didn't go back to his land to, to stay there. It's not like he had uh, had an interesting little experience here, uh, talking with his son in law and, okay, it was nice, a little vacation, and now he's going home to Midian. No. Really, he has uh, become a member of the of the Jewish nation. And he is going home to bring the rest of his family along with him. <clears throat> That's what Rashi says. The obvious question is, how does Rashi see this from the text? It simply says, he went to his land. How does Rashi know that, that means he's only going back temporarily, he wants to be megayer his family and then he's then he's going to come right back apparently doesn't doesn't seem to say that in this pasok. The Mizrahi and the Gur'arye both address this question i'm so I'm sure many of the other super commentaries address it. I happen to look at the two of the most important, the Mizrahi and the Gur'arye. and the Mizrahi says that Rashi is he proved his point based on a Pasek in Sefer Shoeftim. Of course, much later in history, but we find a Pusuk which is talking about um, how uh, the Bnei Yehuda uh, conquered certain areas and where they lived and what they did. So it says there, Ovene Keni, Hossein Moshe, the children of Keni, who was the father-in-law of Moshe, apparently Yisra'i, although here he's referred to by a name, Keni, olomi ir Yehuda. They came up from the city of the date trees, which is identified as Yericho. They came up from the ir the together with b'nei Yehuda, Midbar Yehuda. They went into the Midbar Yehuda. Um, Yericho is uh, in the, the Jordan Valley. Midbar Yehuda is a little bit uh, south and west of there. So they went into a different region. They went into the region of Midbar Yehuda, Asher Ben-Negev Arad, which is in the south, near the city of Arad. And these descendants of Yisro, they went and they dwelt amongst the people, meaning they dwelt amongst the B'nei Yehuda who lived there. Okay, uh, we're not going to go into the, uh, too deeply into the uh, context of this Pusik, what's going on here in history. Those who are interested can look there at Rashi. It happens to be very interesting what was going on. But we see one point, which Mizrahi points out to us that here you have, um, many, many years later, uh, we have a description of the descendants of Yisroy, the father in law of Moshe who were part of Klai Yisrael. They lived in one part of Eretz Yisrael, they were living in Yerichai. And here in this passage it is reported that they moved over to the land of Bnei Yehuda and they lived over there. So we see that Yisro did not just disappear from Jewish history when he finished his little trip to Har Sinai and his little his little party and his korbanais. No, we see that he must have come back to Klai Yisrael and settled in Eretz Yisrael, and first he lived in one place, and then he lived in another place. So Rashi saw from this uh, this little story, in Sefer Shoftim, that that Yisrael remained part of Klai Yisrael. So what does it mean here in in Parshas by Vayelech Artsai that he went back to his land? It can't mean that he went back to his land and lived there permanently. So Rashi said. Rashi answers his question, and he says, ben It must be the reason he went back to his land was merely to, merely, quote-unquote, but merely to convert the members of his family, and then to return and live with Klai Yisrael, as we find later in Sefer Shoftim that his descendants, in fact, lived with the rest of Klai Yisrael. That's the approach of Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi. The gorarye, Makes a different point. He says, if we look in Parshas Balayshcha, in Parshas Balayshcha, there is a a repeat of this story involving Yisrael, at least in part. In Parshas Balayshcha, we find that that Yisrael came to see Moshe Rabbeinu and Klal Yisrael, and he was with them for a time, and then he said he's going home. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, Don't leave us. You're very precious to us. And he offered him certain promises if he would stay with them. And it does not sound like, when you read those psukim there, that Yisrael uh, uh, disregarded Moshe Rabbeinu's requests and went home. It sounds like just the opposite. It sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu said, Please don't leave us. We need you. We are precious. We'll, we'll take care of you. And it does not say that Yisro nonetheless went home. So it seems to indicate that Yisro stayed with Kla Yisrael. So therefore Rashi had a question, wait a minute, if it says in Parshish Baal Yisrael that once he came to our to and once he came to Kla Yisrael, that he remained with us, so how could it say here in our passage in Yisrael that he went home? So it must be that he only went home for a short a short little visit, in order to convert his family, and he must have re- immediately come back. That point is mentioned here. It's not mentioned in in uh, Baha In Baha'u the, the theme is that he he thought about going home, but Moshe Rabbeinu convinced him to stay, and he stayed. Over here, it's mentioning, okay, there was a little uh, break. Not a break, but there was a little technicality. He wanted to have his family with him, so he went home and got his family, and then he remained with Kalah Yisrael forever after. That's the approach of the Gerayi. Both approaches are logically sound and strong. I mean, they are both bringing evidence that 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 Yisro remained with Kla Yisro. The question is, however, that we have said many times that Rashi does not like to prove his point based on later psilkans that the source of a Rashi comment should always be in the Pusik itself. Rashi does not uh, change the meaning of a Pusik based on a later Pusach, unless there's something in the present Pusik in the first Pusik that really demands it. But just because there's a contradiction to a, to a Pusach number 20 based on Pusik number 586, Rashi will not talk about that when he's discussing Pusik number 20. He'll let it be, leave it the way it sounds, and when you come to Pesach uh, to number 586, he will, uh, he will resolve the contradiction. Over here, according to both Mizrahi and Gurari, we have what looks to be uh, an understandable Pesach. It says Yisrael went home. Okay, people, people go home. That's people go to where they're from, from whence they came. It says that Yisrael went home. Okay, that's good. According to Mizrahi, Rashi was worried about, yes, but there's a Pasek in Shaeftim that that, that that hundreds of years later, uh, we find Yisro's descendants living amongst Klai Yisrael. So Rashi answered that question. Or according to the, the Gerarie, uh, we find uh, years later in the Midbar, or we find in a, in a later book of Chumash, that uh, it seems that Yisro remained with Klai Yisrael. So Rashi answered the question. It, it, it would seem according to the general principles that I've stated so many times, that those would not be questions to Rashi. Rashi should have just said, this Pusik is understandable. he went home. Uh, when I'll come to a, some later Pesach that indicates that he didn't come home, I will answer the contradiction. For the moment, I'd like to put aside the Mizrahi and the Gurariyeh. Uh, maybe the, the answer to my question is, is that they don't agree with me. Um, there were very important people who said this principle in Rashi that Rashi does not bother with, does not normally bother with questions based on later Psukev. Among those very important people was the the Shireb, but okay, maybe the Gurai and the Mizrahi disagree, even though it seems to be a very logical, a very logical principle. But let's put that aside for now. The Sefer Mare Rachel gives us presents to us some different approaches to this question on Rashi. How did Rashi know that Yisrael was vayelich le'el that he went back to his land in order to convert his family? How did Rashi see that in the Pesach here? So the Sifse hachamim, who I believe is quoting from an earlier source himself, I believe it's uh, quoting from the Minchas Yehuda, I don't have it in front of me, the Sifse hachamim Says that the proof is in the words, "Vaishalach Moshe." It says Moshe sent Yisro on this journey. El Arzoo. Now, if Yisro is going home to go back to be a Midianite, and and uh, well, I mean, he was had not been an idol worshiper for a long time, but. Uh, uh, just uh, go back and live in Midian and, and, and eat non-kosher food and, and work on Shabbos and uh, just to be a nice, a nice uh, non-Jew, a nice uh, righteous Gentile. Moshe would not have sent him for that. Moshe spoke to him about the miracles. Moshe, according to Rashi, there's a Rashi that says, the Karev the Divre Torah, Moshe tried to be mekarif him, Moshe tried to bring him close to the Torah, it is not likely that Moshe Rabbeinah would have just sent him home, to sort of like, well, you know, it was interesting, inspiring, I'm going home, I'm not changing my life. That is not likely. And therefore, since it says, Vayishalach Moshe, Moshe sent him home, from there Rashi saw that it must have been not to go home and to stay there, but the gayer. Interesting approach. The Sefer marirocho points out, however, there's a problem with this approach. What is Rashi's Dibur HaMashchil? Which words in the Pesach is Rashi explaining? Which words does he quote as, as the title to this comment? Not the words Vayishalach Moshe, but rather Rashi quotes the words V'Yelich Loi El So it's Based on the Dibar it's a little difficult to say that Rashi's whole proof was on words that he did not put into the Dibar The whole point of a Dibar is that there Rashi quotes the words which are the basis of his, of his comment. And according to the Sifse Chachamim, he failed to do that here. Another approach is quoted from the Sefer Be'er Basada, the Be'er Basada was a, a Talmud of Maskil David. And the Be'er Basada says that Rashi's proof is from the words El Artso. It says that Yisrael went El Artso to his land. And the point is that if Yisrael was primarily leaving, he was leaving Kalah He had a nice time, he brought some korbanas to Hashem, and now he's he's leaving. Both physically and spiritually it would not have to mention his destination artso what's the difference where he goes the main thing is he's he's not staying here with us since it says that he went el artso so from there rashi saw that it must be he had some business to do in his land what kind of business did he need to do the gayer Mishpachto. he wanted to convert his family. Otherwise, it wouldn't have had to say, el-artzo. It could have just said, lo And Yisroy left, he had an interesting experience, it's finished, he leaves. But since it says, el-artzo, so from there, Rashi saw that he left in order to be megayer Bene mishpachto. In my humble opinion, we can say another approach. If we go back a little bit in this narrative in Parshas Yisroi right near the beginning it says that Yisroi heard about the the various miracles that Am Yisroel had experienced and it says in Pasuk Yisro the father-in-law of Moshe and his children meaning Moshe's children his sons the and Moshe's wife they all came El Moshe. Moshe had left his wife and children, children back in Midian. And now Yisroy, his father-in-law, came together with Moshe's children and Moshe's wife. So they came here to Moshe. El ha-midbar, to the to the wilderness, asher hu shom, where Moshe Rabbeinu is encamping, har hu-elokim, the mountain of God. In other words, to Midbar Sinai, to, the, to Mount Sinai, where Moshe Rabbeinu is presently to be found. And Rashi focuses on two words in this pasuk, El HaMidbar. And Rashi asks, Afonu Yudim Sheba We also know where Moshe Rabbeinu was, that he was in the Midbar. So why does the pasuk have to emphasize that Yisro came to the Midbar, to Moshe? That's where Moshe was, and we know that's where Moshe was based on previous Pesukim. So the words El HaMidbar seem to be superfluous. So Rashi answers, The Pasek is speaking the praises, it is singing the praises of Yisrael. Because Yisrael was sitting in the glory of the world. He was sitting in a magnificent position. But his heart volunteered him, his heart inspired him to go out into the wilderness in a place of emptiness in order to hear words of Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, that's very praiseworthy. If you're sitting in a position of power and, and, and comfort, and you, but you, you really want to hear the Torah, and so you go out into the Midbar, it's a very uninviting place, but that's where you can, that's where you can hear Torah, and you go there. Yes, very praiseworthy. But the, the an issue that I always had with this Rashi is, what does Rashi mean that Yisrael was Yoshev b'chveidai shaloylam? He was sitting in the glory of the world. The truth is, if we go back to for Shemais, to, to Pasha Shemais, near the very beginning, when Moshe Rabbeinu first leaves Mitzrayim and he finds himself in Midian and he meets the daughters of Yisrael and then he meets Yisro. Yisro, so there it says that Moshe Rabbeinu was standing by the well, and the of Midian, the chief of Midian, as we'll see in Rashi. It doesn't mean necessarily a priest, but he was a, an officer, a nobleman, a leader of Midian. He had seven daughters, they came and they drew water from this well, and they filled up the troughs, where they would allow the water to sit for the animals to drink. Lahashkos son Avihen, they did this in order to give drink to the flocks of their father. Raji comments on the words Ulachay and Rav he was their Rav, he was their great man, their leader. but he had separated himself from idolatry. Viniduhu and they were him. they put him in cheirim, they, they excommunicated him. And that's why, that, that's why it says there that um, the other shepherds came and they pushed away Yisro's daughters and they wouldn't let them fill up the water and Moshe Rabbeinu had to stand up for them because Moshe Rabbeinu was, was very passionate about justice even for people he, he didn't know until now. So Yisroy going back Many, many years, I think, I believe Chazal say that he was living in Midian for 40 years, going back 40 years, more than 40 years now. Yisrael was already not Yoshev v'chvei day He was already, had been menuda, he had already been placed in, immu- in excommunication by his countrymen many, many years before. So what does Rashi mean here in Yisrael that Yisrael, he was Yosheh b'chveidah shaloylam, he was sitting in the glory of the world, he was a powerful, wealthy man, and, but his heart inspired him to go out into the Midbar, into this uninviting, desolate place, just to hear Torah. But he, he was not Yosheh b'chveidah He was sitting in Midian and he was the most hated man, and, and nobody would give him any respect. And his daughters went to fill up some water from the well, they would kick them away and make them wait till everybody else was finished. So what does Rashi mean? I think we have to say that this goes all the way back to just before Yisrael was zara, to just before when he abandoned the practice of idolatry and just before he was excommunicated by his countrymen then he was but at that time, way back then, he began to be inspired to hear Torah, meaning to hear about the real Rebbeinah Sholeilam, to hear the Emes. He was Yesheh v'chveidah but he was starting to think. Chazal tell us, Rashi tells us, that he tried out every Yavadah zara in the world. He tried out all the idolatries because one after another after another, he was realizing they're all false. And he really was looking for the truth. Looking for the truth equals Lishmaya Divre Torah. That's that's why a person wants to hear Torah, because the person wants to hear the truth. This was a long ongoing process with Yisray. Yes, he had once upon a time been yeshiv Bihveda shalaylam and going all the way back to that time, he was he was his heart was was inspiring him to seek out the truth. In other words, to ultimately Go wherever one may have to go in order to hear the truth. Truth equals Torah. Torah is just another, another name for the truth. So that's why the Pusik says El Bar. Now, based on this, keeping this in mind, I think it is very unlikely, and this is a previous Pusik, this is previous to the Pusik that we are discussing. Now that we know this about Yisro, of course, we really knew it already, now that we are reminded about this, of Yisro, it is highly unlikely, I think, that the explanation of Vayelich Lai El Arzo is that he went back to his land just to stay there and and just be a Midianite and and, uh, uh, be a nice monotheistic Gentile. Highly unlikely. Yisro had been working on this project of recognizing the truth for decades now. And not only was he contemplating it for decades but he also coupled it with action because he got up and he, and he left his place and he went out into the Midbar to hear Divrei Torah. And therefore, although sudden, a sudden flash of inspiration can fade, but this long process of reflection that Yisroi went through, coupled with the actions that he took, they have a lasting power. And therefore, it is highly unlikely that means he just went home and forget about the whole thing. And therefore, that could be Rashi's proof. That's why Rashi's, Rashi already had a question. What do you mean he went home, back to his land, to go live like a Midianite? How could that be after all these years of contemplating and now taking the dramatic action of leaving his land and going into a desolate place to hear Torah? It must be, says Rashi, that he wanted to be Megayer b'nei mishpachtai. Perhaps somewhat in light of this, not directly connected to this, but somewhat uh, influenced by this, I think we can, quote-unquote, rescue the Go'aryei and the Mizrahi. And we can say that even they essentially agree to the principle that when Rashi sees a an apparent contradiction between an earlier pasuk and a later pasuk he will usually not comment on it in his comment on the first pasuk he will usually wait until the later pasuk although here according to Mizrahi and Guayat it seems like he he did comment right away when he saw the first pasuk I think we can say as follows this rule that Rashi does not explain an earlier verse under the influence of a later verse, is only when the earlier verse can be reasonably interpreted without the later verse. When Rashi is looking at at Pasach number 20, if it can be reasonably interpreted without reference to anything else, if it can be reasonably interpreted as just meaning what it says and it will not be incorrect, and it will not be uh, something, something outrageous to our, to our rationality, he'll leave it. And then later, when a, when a later verse seems to contradict it, he will resolve the contradiction. For example, we find in Parshas Toldais that the, the Torah tells us that uh, Esav married three women. Esav had three wives the Torah tells us. He married a woman named Yehudas Bas Be'eri HaChiti, Yehudis, the daughter of Be'eri the Hittite. And he married a woman named Bosmas Bas Eloin HaChiti, Bosmas the daughter of Eloin the Hittite. And later in the Parsha, it says that he married Mochlas Bas Yishmael. He he married the daughter of Yishmael, whose name was Mochlas. Now on those on the names of these three wives, Rashi does not comment at all. He just leaves it in simplicity. Okay? Esav married Miss A, Miss B, Miss C. No need to comment. Later, in uh, Parshas um, Vayishlach, where the Torah is giving us a very uh, complete and exhaustive genealogy of Esav and all his children, so there it talks about his three wives, but it gives them different names. Instead of Yehudas Bas Beeri, Hachiti, it talks about it talks about Ada Bas Eloin Hachiti, different name, and instead of Bosmas Bas Eloin Hachiti, it talks about Ahaliwa Aliva Mo Basano, different person, and instead of uh, Machlas Bas Yisrael, it mentions that that Esav married Bosmas Bas Yisrael. Now there, Rashi comments, and Rashi comments that the real names of these women were the names that are recorded in Parshas Vayishlach, in the later psukim. Those are their uh, given names, the names that were given uh, presumably by their parents. The names that are given in, that were given and that are mentioned in Parshas Toldais were descriptive names. Yehudis was called Yehudis because Asaph um, made believe that she's like a Yehudi and she doesn't believe in idolatry. Mm. And, um, and Bosmas, he, he wanted uh, to create the impression that she is uh, fragrant like Besamin in, in good deeds. And Machlas, Bas Ishmael, she is called Machlas to teach us that when a Chosin gets married, all his sins are Nimchelu, all his sins are forgiven. So all of those are descriptive names. Now, here we have a very clear example of the principle. In Parshas Toldais, we're told the names of the three wives of Esav, Rashi says nothing, because, what do you, you don't have to explain, Rashi does not explain every name in the Torah. Occasionally he does, but generally speaking, a name is a name. That's what the person's name was. Later, In Parshas Vayishlach, Rashi found that the the same three wives are given three different names. So there, Rashi gave an explanation. This principle only works in such a case where the earlier psukim, the earlier Pasik, could have been explained in simplicity with no comment. Just take it at face value. Yes, these are their names. No need to comment. But here, talking about Yisrael and looking at the Pasik that says, if we would leave that kipshutai, if we would just take that at face value, Yisro came, he had a, he talked with Moshe Rabbeinu, he was very happy, he brought korbanas to Hashem, and then he went home. He went back to Midian, to go live as a Midianite. That is a, giving us a very false impression of what happened. Vayelech al to go live there, is not equal to to go pick up his family and come back. It's completely different, completely different story, and therefore it could be that Rashi could not just leave this. He couldn't just leave this and, and allow us to think that maybe Yisro just went home to go stay home, because that is that's 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 not what the pasuk means. You can't go. You can't. You can't keep reading the Chumash thinking that that's what it means until you get to Parshish uh, Baal Oisrach, uh, where you have a proof that that's not what it means, or until you get to, say, Fashoftim, where we where we have an indication that that's not what it means. But that's not what it means, and that's not ever what it meant. And therefore uh, Mizrahi and Gorariye said, they explained Rashi's, what was going through Rashi's mind, is that Rashi knew that really Yisraeli did not go home per, per, uh, permanently. We know that from Parshish Baal we know that from Sefer Shoftim, and therefore Rashi says right now that why did he go home? Because to leave us thinking that he just went home to stay there is simply not what this pusuk means, and we shouldn't think that even, even for a minute or for a day or a week or a month, however long it takes us to get up to the other psukim. And so therefore, um, our klal, our general principle, that Rashi generally does not ask questions on a Pusuk based on Leder our general principle has been rescued from all questions. And we have a, a variety of ways of understanding how Rashi knew that when Yisroy went home, he went home the Gayeris Bnei Mishpachto.